I think everyone wonders what they would do if they saw a ghost. Rudolph, the laboratory. From the graveyard, this is your very own brain-eating queen, Zombetti, on the brand new radio station, Spooky FM. So, my little munchkins, listen to my voice. Listen only to my voice. Tonight, you must sleep with your head hanging over the bed. So I can reach up and... Oh, I am sorry I am late, my dear. Someone put their dirty dishes on top of my coffin. So, of course, when I threw open the lid, mashed potatoes shot all up my tapestry. Ahem, your coffin? Because <laughs> we're not monsters, right? Uh, it was my, uh... My wooden bed, in the shape of a box, with a lid, full of soil, shipped over from Transylvania. I, I mean, Ikea. Perfect cover. It seems you were in a rush, too. You have a little late-night breakfast just there on your chin. Oh, did I get it? Uh, your finger has fallen off. Did I get it? You've knocked off your jawbone. Did I get it? Well, you can see for yourself. It's on the table. This is ridiculous. Can you, can you just get on with the show? What's that? Get on with the show. Ugh, keep your hair on. No, really do. It blew off your head when you shouted. It's over there by the candelabra. And now it is time. Darkness has fallen upon the earth. The world has been plunged into shadow. The creatures of the night are free to roam the land. But all you good, good children are safe indoors, listening on your radio. Or perhaps you're outside on your headphones. And if so... Good... But most of all, you have to scare us if you can. It won't be easy. We've heard it all. We had a Christmas number one song with the Banshee from Carlo. I think it was only number one in Carlo. So, ring in to our special hotline, followed by the numbers 666. That's 999 if you're a bat. And if you do manage to scare us, you'll win your very own... (laughs) And our switchboard is lighting up. It looks like we may have our very first caller. And we have Smelly from Dublin. That's an unusual name. Um, it's actually Eddie. Uh, uh, That's what I said. Smelody. Eddie. Smedley. Sorry, it's my fangs. They're too big for my mouth. So, 
Egli, how old are you? I'm the grand old age of eight. These kids are so weird. The story of what happened to me is bound to make your teeth chatter and your knees knock together. My favorite boobs at the disco. <laughs> and uh, what is the story about? Have you ever heard of the Overtalk? <gasps> Yikes! I mean, uh, no, go on. Just before you begin, would you like to give your story a name? Um, let's call it A Real Pain in the Neck. thought that being a really good at Irish would help solve a thrilling mystery and save people from an ancient evil that wanted to take over the world. Me teacher, Mrs Gilligan, that's who. We were only back in school starting a new Irish workbook and she stood at the top of the class and said, Now children, I have to say, learning all your Irish words could possibly solve a thrilling mystery and save people from an ancient evil that wants to take over the world. So let's begin by turning to page three and find out how to ask if you can go to the toilet, please. Ask Elga. I thought Mrs Gilligan was being a bit strange as I bollocked the cope flowers at the end of the lesson. I mean, she did clean the blackboard with Jessie Bradley's woolly hat instead of the duster. She said she'd forgotten her glasses, but that wasn't much use to Jessie, who had to go home with a chalky head and a sad face. But still, what if she was right? Imagine if you found out there was a witch who was allergic to Uctorucha and no one else but you knew that meant ice cream. Mrs Gilligan could be on to something. I thought about it all the way home to St Jiminy's Gardens. I live on the second floor and on a block of flats in Dublin City Centre. It's great. Whenever we run out of things like sugar or bread, we don't even need to go to the shop. Mrs Brady on the fourth floor lowers down some to us in a basket on a rope. I really like all the families in St Jiminy's Gardens, so I'd love to be able to save them in case a witch with an ice cream allergy came along. I made up my mind there and then to be as great at Irish as possible. Unfortunately, my mum wasn't going to be much help. I'm home, ma'am. Hello, love. I just hoovered, so no muddy footprints. Will I take off my brogie? Eddie Howard, you will not. Take off your shoes. But leave your brogie up, please. Brogie are shoes, ma'am. Hmm? I can't hear you with the pots boiling. I've decided I'm going to be the best Irish speaker in the class. Lovely. But don't be pulling down your brogie. If anyone looked through the window... Irish is a very important language. It sure is. You could get a job as, um, an Irish teacher. What's wrong with your neck? It's a bit stiff. I slept with the window open. I must have gotten a chill. There are little marks on it. I was doing the crosswords in bed. I must have rolled over on the pen. There are two marks. Maybe I rolled over twice. Oh! My neck is so itchy. It looks very red, ma'am. Was it a red pen? No, it was green. 
here. Will you pop up to Mrs. Fitz on the fourth floor and give her this iron back? Mrs. Fitz? She's only new. Moved in on Tuesday. Lovely tall woman. Dark eyes. Rubbish iron. She thought that photo of you in the bath when you were three was so cute. You know the one. You can see her boom. Ma'am, how did she see that photo? I invited her in, of course. You have to be a good neighbour. I'm going to throw out that photo. It's so embarrassing. I know. Leave that one. Throw out your communion photo. Awful picture. You look like a duck with no feathers. It's a locker. Okay. A lack of feathers. No, a duck in Irish is a locker. What did you say? Duck. Don't you throw anything at me. As I walked along the outside balcony towards the stairs to bring Mrs. Fitz her iron on the fourth floor, I thought two things. Me mum wasn't going to be much help if I wanted to be the best Irish speaker I could be, and that I had gotten dark very quickly. I passed the front doors of all the other flats, hearing the people inside. Hi, and welcome to me. Watching the telly. Singing. Oh, excuse me. And doing other stuff. And then I heard something else. There was someone following me. Hello? Who's there? Is that Mr. Gibbons with the wooden foot? <laughs> oh, my um, legs are feeling very stiff. I think I'll just run up these stairs to the third floor. <laughs> Those stairs were so steep. Only one more flight to go. Get inside, come on. You had a very lucky escape, young man. Who are you? I don't recognise you at all. What? Don't be silly, you've known me years. Um, uh, Eddie. I was just going to say Eddie. I was just swallowing a cough drop. If you've really lived here years, how about the quiz about St Jiminy's Gardens? Sure. Love to. Come into my sitting room first. Wow, your flat is so cool. It's not bad, I suppose. That's, uh, that's a lavender shade I've painted the walls. Really makes the place pop, right? No, I mean all the axes and swords on the walls. Oh, them. Just a few little trinkets I picked up on my holidays in Lanzarote. I wouldn't touch that axe. It's a little... Ow! Sharp. Let me see if I have any plasters. So, neighbour, are you ready for this quiz about St. Jiminy's Gardens? Ready? When it comes to St. Jeremy's, I was born ready. Yes, I know it all. Okay, then. Question one. What did Betty Rippon get last December when she wouldn't come in out of the rain when our teacher called her? She got a letter home from the school. No, she got the flu. Strike one. 
Oh, I thought you said Betty Lemon. Question two. When Jimmy Bork fell down the steps and banged his head, who did he think the ambulance man with the blonde hair who leaned over him was? Lady Gaga. No, a Labrador. I wouldn't have much to say to Jimmy Bork now. Awful, awful man. He's lovely. Strike two. Final question. What number flat is this? Hmm? This flat. What number do you live in? It's a simple question for someone who's lived here for years. The number wasn't on the door when I moved in. I saw it when I was lying on the ground outside. It's... it's fine. I moved in on Tuesday. I'm really from Transylvania. But your accent... Oh no, I've moved over from Transylvania. But I'm originally from Galway. Oh, sit down. I'll make you a cup of hot chocolate and explain everything. There you go. A nice mug of hot chocolate to warm you up after your daring escape. Thank you very much. Lovely manners. So I suppose I should tell you why I'm here. Are you interested in the Irish language? (coughs) Am I? It's it's all gone down your front. Lovely manners. Well, back in Galway, we had a problem with the Nyav Marv. This was when I was a boy. Was that many, many years ago, sir? I'm 36. Oh. What? Nothing, nothing. Yes. Well, anyway... When I was a boy, there were whispered sightings of the Nyav Marav, the walking dead. People who had risen from their graves and wandered the dark lanes at night. They would wait for a kind stranger to pass and ask for help. But when the stranger came close towards them in the shadows, they would pounce. <gasps> I'm I'm after spilling chocolate all over your couch. Anyway, <laughs> they would bite the stranger's neck, taking some of their blood, leaving them near dead on the road. And God forbid if they fooled you twice. All it would take is a second bite and then the kind stranger would become a creature of the night, just like them. You mean a vampire? I do. And they had a king. The very first Irish vampire. The Avertach. How do you know all this? Let's just say, the night I went to help my father in the barn when the cow was about to have a calf, when we returned to the farmhouse, we realised it was going to be just the two of us forever. I didn't have a mother or brother anymore. Had had they been killed by the Overtalk? No. They'd gone to Euro Disney on the ferry. Yes, they were killed by the Overtalk. I'm very sorry. Thank you. So I went to Transylvania to train how to be a vampire hunter. And when I had finally become the perfect Overtalk slayer, I returned to Ireland to get my revenge. 
So what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be in Galway? Why, no, little Edward. The Offertock has come up to Dublin and it's hiding in one of the flats in St. Jiminy's Gardens. The King of the Vampires is pretending to be one of your neighbours. We have to tell everybody. We have to save them. You won't be saying a word, my boy. Oh, yes, I will. Oh, no, you won't. Oh, yes, I will. Oh, no, you... What? What's this? The panto? You won't be saying nothing. I popped a little special powder in your hot chocolate. You're going to fall asleep and forget everything I've told you. I just had to keep you talking long enough for it to take effect. I don't believe you. I would have tasted it. I'd be able to tell the difference if there was an unusual powder part into my... Eddie, love, time to get up. Your breakfast is nearly ready. I was letting you sleep in because it's Saturday. Oh, ouch, my head hurts. Oof, what a strange dream. You were making weird noises in your sleep. I could hear you through the wall. I don't remember going to bed. I popped next door to Mrs Rafferty to check on her. And when I came back, you were in bed and everything. Why were you checking on Mrs Rafferty? Is she okay? Would you believe she has the same thing on her neck as I have? What? Yes, the little red marks. Oh, and we're not the only ones. Billy Judge has a sore neck and Sadie Powell. I even saw Padder Durkin rubbing his neck as well. He said he'd stop to help a person who'd fallen on the road down at the corner, you know, where the street lights don't work. And the terrible person jumped up on him. All Padder remembers after that is waking up on the couch with a sore neck. Ma'am. You didn't get any more pen-related injuries, did you? Oh, no. I left my pen on the bedside table this time. But the strangest thing, I got up out of the bed last night to close the window and something thumped off it that was about to fly into the room. I couldn't see properly in the dark. But it was like a black pigeon. A big pigeon. Oh, Mum, give me a hug. Oh, my little pet. You're such a lovely boy. Now, do you know what? Will I go mad and make you a hot chocolate to go along with your breakfast? No, thanks. I never want to taste that stuff ever again. Fair enough. Well, follow me out, darling. Your breakfast is getting cold. It all came back to me as Mum was talking. All the strange things that had happened that night before, when I got in a fright and spilled half the hot chocolate on Mr McGrew's couch. I must have spilled just enough to give me a terrible headache. And now I knew I had to stop the overtalk before he bit everyone in St Jiminy's Gardens for the second time and turned them all into the Nav Marv. So how was he going to do it? Well... I thought it was going to be best to go warn everyone. Start at the top floor and work my way down. I should start with that new woman, Mrs Fitz, that Mum was talking about. Even though she was only here a while, which was suspicious. McGrew said the Overtalk was king of the vampires, so it couldn't be her. There were quite a lot of flats to get through, so it was best to start right away. 
Mrs. Fitz? Mrs. Fitz? It's Eddie Howard from the second floor. You visited me ma'am the other day. You saw a picture of my bum in the bath. Nothing. But her door's open. I could just go inside. It'll be safe. It's still bright outside. (coughs) Mrs Fitz? It's so dark in here. She must have all the curtains pulled. What's that terrible smell? Oh! I hope she's okay. What? The curtains aren't pulled. There are wooden boards nailed over the windows. And there's a box in the corner. A long box. Mrs Fitz? I hope the overtalk hasn't gotten her already. Little boy, little boy, help me. The overtalk has trapped me inside this box. Oh, one second. I'll open it. Hey, this isn't locked. (laughs) Hello, Edward. You're not Mrs. Fitz. Oh, yes, I am. I just haven't put on my human mask and my wig. You're absolutely horrible. Well, your friend is wonky. Your teeth are pointy and you've a bald head and purple eyes. Gosh, why don't you tell me I'm a dope while you're at it? I I apologise. Lovely manners. When did the Overtalk come back for the second time? Come back? I am the Overtalk. But the Overtalk is king of the vampires. No. That's just a lot of stuffy men who refuse to believe that girls are just as good as boys and don't want to admit they were bitten by a woman. That would be a great lesson for everyone if you weren't, like, turning loads of people into the Nav Marv. The what? It's Irish for the walking dead. Oh, I never had time for Irish. It's such a stupid language. Do you glitch? Do you glitch? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, back to you. You know you're toast, right? Oh, completely. Hey, why are you walking backwards? Come away from that door. Sunlight! Smell you later. Actually, I hope not. You're pretty stinky. Dark pretty early in October, Edward. And when it does, you and your mother are first on the list. And then I'm going door to door to all of your neighbours. St. Chimney's Gardens is going to be a list of vampires. Mrs. Overtalk? Yes? I forgot to say, you had a bit of a greener sticking out of your long pointy nose. I, 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 I'm absolutely mortified. Vampires can't see their reflections in a mirror. Could you not have said something earlier? Are there any tissues in this dump at all? 
now. What am I going to do? Oh, hello, young man. Can I help you? Yes, I just... I've been living here your whole life, so I'd be more than happy to give you a cup of butter or a handful of sugar or such. Can it, McGrew? I didn't drink enough of your hot chocolate to forget everything. Lovely manners. It looks like you're going to need my help after all. I don't need a little boy to help me. I trained in Transylvania to become the best vampire slayer in the world. I know who the overtalk is. It's Mrs. Fitz. Which one is that? On the fourth floor. There's a fourth floor? You see? Fine. Well, you point out the flat and I'll get to work. No. First, I need to make sure that my neighbours are safe and then I have an idea. My time at last. And now to turn all of St. Jimmy's Gardens into my undead army. Firstly, though... Just in case. No, for the little old man with the pet tortoise who lives next door. Ready for nibble number two, Grandpa? Oh, he's not home. That's weird. Well, I'll just have to start with the young couple with those disgusting twin babies. <laughs> hey, the Adams family. I'm back for seconds. What? Where are those four now? Okay, no problem. Looks like the two mums and their teenage sons are first on the menu. Like chicken? Because I'm feeling peckish. Huh? I'm on the second floor and still not a soul. My stomach is rumbling. Hey, overtalk, down here and in the courtyard. Edward Hord, I knew you had something to do with this. I sure did. Ritme durus gadurus are no snaguiha. What rubbish are you saying at all? I can't understand a word. Why don't you run down the stairs and catch me then? I'll be long gone by the time you get to the ground floor. I know how to save a lot of time. I'll fly down to you. Oh no! The overtalk turned into a bat and is flying toward me. I'm so scared. You should be. I'm going to bite that dead cord. <laughs> oh, my little knees are knocking together. I'm utterly terrified. Oh, you're going to be delicious. I can't wait to sink my fangs into you and show down. Look at you just standing there, too terrified to move. But it's not me, it's a scahorn. A what? A scahorn, you omadon. Yeah, whatever. It's like you're trying to keep me talking, as if you're trying to stop me from noticing. My head? What was that? Why is there glass everywhere? I... I'm so dizzy. I don't understand. Scaham is Irish from Mirror Overtalk. I'm going to faint. 
You told me vampires couldn't see their reflection, so you couldn't tell you were flying straight towards the huge mirror I borrowed from Mr. Boyle with the pet tortoise. I was standing over by the ground floor flats. The mirror was just reflecting me. You sneaky little liar! But I am not a liar. I told you it was a mirror. You just never learned your Irish. I could never tell a lie to someone because I have manners. Fantastic job, young man. Looks like maybe I'm not the only vampire slayer in town. She's not dead, though. She's just unconscious. Here's a boar cage the O'Toole's and 2B gave me. Put her inside it while she's still a bat. Now, let's see how me mom is getting on with all the neighbours. Here they are. And they have the vampire in O'Toole's birdcage. Mom, we plan worked. And Mr. McGrew helped me carry the murder down the stairs. My darling boy, I'm so proud of you. And I've something I want to say. What is it, Mom? Eddie Howard, ta gra a gum ditch. <gasps> That's Irish for. It's Irish for. I love you. Well, not to break up this happy welcome, or what looks like it's turning into quite the party. How did you fit all of the neighbours in this one flat? But I'd better be going. I'm going to get the overtalk to tell me where she made all those other Nyav Marov and catch them too. Well done, Eddie. You're an amazing young man. Thank you very much, sir. And you are a brilliant man. Lovely manners. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Wow, ma'am. Everybody looks like they're actually having a great time. They are. Oh, and there's something we all want to say to you. Yeah? Eddie Howard, go have Mahagos. So, I protected all of St. Jiminy's Gardens from the offer talk. And just like my teacher said, learning Irish did indeed save people from an ancient evil that wanted to take over the world. And that's the end of my story. What a terrifying tale. And I promise, I am in no way related to second cousin Overtalk. Well, one thing's for sure, Eddie from Dublin, you managed to scare us if you can. P.S. Would you say your brain is crunchy or chewy? What do you mean? Kidding, kidding. Goodbye, Eddie. Eat you, see you soon. Son! So there we have it, fried fans. Tune back in to Spooky FM. We'll have more frightful doings for you to brave next time. For now, this is Zombetty. And this is your dear Uncle Vlad saying Boo! A Real Pain in the Neck starred Danica O.D., Margaret McAuliffe, and Camille Lucy Ross. It was written and directed by Peter Dunn and produced by Liam Garrity. It was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television license fee.